0: Hey everyone, this is Kendall from Recording Lounge, it is January 13th, 2011. I originally did this show on the 29th of December, but as for most of you, things get a little hectic around the new year, so here we are in 2011, and you are listening to the Recording Lounge podcast. Welcome you guys to the show. I hope everyone's had a good holiday, I know that I have, I've had some good time to chill out, I have been working still, but I've had some good time to relax and spend some time with family and friends and things like that. Um, today's show is actually about an interesting topic that is not covered very often in uh, podcasts or online or anything, and it's very actually relevant to the holidays right now because when people get money for gifts or whatever, um, you know, they're sitting there thinking, okay, well, sure, now I, now I need to buy some stuff. I need to buy some gear, and uh, you know, I've, with my money that I've gotten from Christmas or whatever, or, or um, you know, from relatives, and uh, maybe I'll get some new mics or preamps or something. So the topic for today that we're going to discuss is making smart purchases in the studio, and it's kind of a abstract topic, but I know you guys will enjoy it. So let's go for it. Now, when it comes to purchasing things for the studio, there's really just a few pointers that I have. You know, but I hope that this information will save you a lot of money. Um, this isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. It's just real logic. It's simple. It's plain, and it's something that I have. Run across that I hope to help you guys not waste money in the future on stuff that you don't need to buy. I was talking to a new uh, podcast listener about um, over over email. We we're talking about this uh, thing called the BBE Sonic Maximizer, and it, it actually was. I had already started uh, kind of outlining this show before I had talked to him about it, but I'm glad that he brought it up. And then a few other, you know, people have sent me emails about various microphones in the past recently, especially, uh, you know, what should I get? Should I get this? What's the difference between these two mics or whatever? Um, and here's here's what I advise. Here's the first step. Step one is to only buy things that are going to be multi-purpose. Now, what I mean by that is you want to buy things that are versatile. You don't want to buy things that just do one thing. Um, And believe it or not, there's actually a lot of these items on the market. There's a lot of items, for example, like the BBE Sonic Maximizer that claim to make your mixes sound bigger and wider and more full and all this. And it's like, okay, well, do you actually know what's going on? Well, sure, there's probably, you know, maybe some stereo widening going on. Maybe there's some... uh, EQ and like some harmonic uh, stuff going on, maybe in the lows and the highs, like some quote harmonic excitement going, you know what I mean? Whatever that means, which usually is a term for basically adding in extra harmonics and in the lows and the highs. But to me, this thing isn't really doing all that much that you need. It's just doing this one part, you know, this one thing, this maximizing feature, which you know, in the long run, if you just wait and get better at mixing, and get better equipment, and get spend more money on acoustic treatment and mics and preamps and things like that, like we've already talked about, your mixes will probably already sound that a lot bigger, and that you'll probably achieve that bigness that you're wanting. Now, changing products here, there's a fantastic mic called an AKG 414. It's not super high end. You know, it's it's about a thousand dollars brand new. And this is potentially one of the most versatile mics I've ever used. It's got five pickup patterns. Um, I think it's, it's got cardioid, wide cardioid, omni, figure eight, and I think hypercardioid. And it's got uh, three or four choices for low end roll off. You've obviously got um, off, and then you have uh, 40 hertz, 80 hertz, and I think even 160 hertz. And then you have. Uh, options for an inline pad of 6 decibels, 12 or 18. So I mean this mic is great. I mean it sounds fantastic on just about everything. You can use it on vocals. It's a large diaphragm condenser. You can use it on vocals. You can use it on acoustic guitar. You can use it on drum overhead. You can use it on, you know, with the pad on. You can use it on guitars, guitar amps. And you see how one microphone right there can pretty much get you most of the sounds you need. And I've always been a firm believer in the idea that it's better to have fewer microphones that are better than more microphones that suck. I don't think there's any point in having 30 mediocre microphones. Um, I've worked in a lot of different studios, and you'd be amazed to see how many uh, great engineers that I've been blessed to work with use maybe just one or two mics on things. You know, they don't... They don't put nine microphones on the acoustic guitar. They don't put five microphones on the guitar amp. They don't put 50 microphones on the drum kit. Now, you know, sometimes on big sessions, there are a lot of mics on the drum kit, and there are a lot of mics all around the room. For example, you know, if you're in a big room, you can mic up the room in a million places, and you don't have to add any reverb later. But what I'm talking about is just, like, getting sounds, like, getting the sound that you want. You don't need to put nine or six or, you know, all these mics on a guitar amp. You know, I love putting three mics on a guitar amp. But I got to tell you, about 90% of the time, two mics or one mic works just fine for electric guitar. And it's not that I'm settling. It's not that I'm settling for that. It's that it really is perfect. It really fits. Um, If you read interviews with some of the top producers in the world... You'd be amazed at how many of them just use a 57 on the amp and then maybe like a large diaphragm, like valve condenser mic out in the room, like five feet back or three feet back or 10 feet or 20 feet. In, in the pro realm, we're probably using a 47 or a U67 or, a, you know, some sort of Telefunken or... For most cases, a 57, an SM, a sure SM57 works really great for electric guitars of all genres. Clean, distorted, I mean... And if you have two mics, like uh, an RE20 in addition to the 57 or an MD421 or a Telefunken of some kind or a large diaphragm condenser or a 414, I mean, the tonal options are very vast with two mics. So I don't see this whole idea that, oh yeah, you just got to put all these mics on everything to get all the different frequencies and uh, get all the different tones, you know. I mean, sure, sometimes that is actually what you need to do. And uh, I know for some acoustic guitar players, they like to mic all these different parts of the guitar. And that's fine, you know, do what you got to do to get the sound that you want. But I'm just telling you in general, most sounds that you hear on a lot of recordings are not captured with that many mics, um, and it's because it's a great player, it's a great instrument, and it's a great room. And all the mics are doing is being the messenger between the great source and the disc. Um, and that, that, that's all you're really dealing with. So don't sit and worry about how many mics you have. Quantity is not important compared to quality. And that's, you know, having a few good friends is better than having a hundred crappy friends. I think everyone can agree that because of something called Facebook. So I'm pretty sure this concept is not new. I know that you guys probably, you know, sitting around wondering what to buy, what to buy. A lot of people ask me, you know, well, I'm trying to record drums. I'm trying to record rock music. You know what I mean? What should I buy? If I can make a suggestion to you, going with my first point of getting things that are versatile, I I would invest a lot of money into two large diaphragm condenser mics. For example, I love the AKG 414. And I don't mean, you know, don't don't cheap out on these. If it's the only mics you've got for a while, trust me, it'll be way more useful in the future. Um, and I'll explain why later. So I would suggest spending a good chunk of change on two large diaphragm condenser mics. Those 414s are fantastic, and you can get a pair of them for, I think, $1,900. So why do we buy two large diaphragm condenser mics? First, because you can record stereo sound for just about anything. You could put it as drum overheads. You can put it as stereo on an acoustic guitar. You could put stereo on a group of you know uh, people singing or uh, like uh, for an orchestra. You know if you're if you're doing like a concert band recording and you want to record the whole band, you can put just two mics in the room and that will get it better than you think. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot that you can't do with two good large diaphragm condenser mics. Now, after that, let's say you've got some good ones. Um, you know, like I said, don't cheap out on those. Don't just be like, oh, well, I'm gonna get these. Uh, you know, uh, AKG Perception ones because those, you know, two hundred dollars each. That's not gonna do it. You really gotta, you, you gotta bite the bullet on this one. I'm sorry, but you really should. Next, I would advise getting a few of the quote standard mics. These include SM57s. Um, Re20s, MD421s. These are not that expensive, and a new favorite of mine is the Telefunken uh, M80, which is I think $250, and it's uh, to me just a fantastic mic. And, and these are dynamic mics, and you can use them on drums and and guitar amps, and you know. So I would say get two large diaphragm condensers, get maybe three or four SM57s, and that you know that will cover just about anything. You could do three toms and the snare for that. And then get maybe an MD421 or an RE20, and use that on the kick, and that'll set you up for a while. That'll get you a great sound. I mean, it really will. And if you don't think that those mics are professional, you you really should consider, you know, I re- uh, consider reading some interviews with some pros, and they will tell you that those mics are professional. Um, I know that they're cheaper than some, but. What you're trying to do with the large diaphragm condensers is capture the drum kit sound, the overall sound, and the close-up mics are accentuating what you already have. If your drum kit sounds bad, or especially if your room sounds bad, your overhead mics are not going to pick up something that sounds super great. Um, But what you can always do is rest easy knowing that you made a great investment in all of the microphones that you're using. Now, as far as preamps go and things like that, you know, versatility is certainly a a factor, but I don't want you to get blinded by preamps that have, like, oh, yeah, this has a built-in compressor and a built-in EQ. Many times those things are just completely unneeded because of the way the digital age has become, where, you know, if you buy a copy of Pro Tools or Cubase or Nuendo or Logic, a lot of the plugins that come with it, like by default, are pretty darn good. Um, obviously, there are great plugins made by Waves and uh, by um, URS and by U, uh, Universal Audio, and all kinds of good companies are making good plugins. Um, but you don't have to have that compressor in the analog realm if you're just if your primary goal is to get a preamp. You know, if you need, if you f- if you feel like you want and need a compressor and an analog EQ, please go for it. But if your goal is to just use mic preamps, it would be better to just spend money on the preamps rather than spending money on something that you might use every now and then, um, because you can always upgrade. But it's it's harder to quote, you know, downgrade. It's hard to get rid of things in this era because things that we have um, don't appreciate as easy. Um, that's the second thing I want to talk about so let's say you've got this whole idea of what you want to buy now the second thing uh, after getting stuff that's versatile, getting stuff that's going to last, getting stuff that's like good like tried and true mics that everybody uses on good stuff you know, 414s or 214s RE20s, MD421s SM57s, etc the second thing is be careful of the gear you buy in terms of appreciation and depreciation Um, What I mean by that is most gear that you buy today is continuously depreciating. That is, it's losing value. The second you buy it, it loses value. Um, You don't want to buy something that's going to be completely worthless in a year. Uh, That is part of the reason why I said buy good mics because good microphones like SM57s and... uh, you know, AKG 414s and Telefunken's and Neumann's and, you know, Bach. Gosh, there, there's so many. There's so many great companies. Uh, Mojave and Royer. Gosh, I mean, the list goes on, right? Um, a lot of really good microphones and popular microphones, not just good, but popular, like, you know, like I said, SM57s they retain a good amount of value and you don't have to worry so much about oh will i be able to sell this later if i want to upgrade uh, you know will i be able to sell it on craigslist or ebay because the thing is sm57s have been around for years and they still sell for probably 50 75 bucks and that's incredible considering that you buy them new for 100 and at You know, at worst, they sell for $50. Why? Supply and demand. It's very simple business concepts. So if you have a mic that's high in demand, like an MD-421 or an RE-20 or a Shure SM7 or an SM57, you know, you can still get good money out of those years after because people want them. Why? Because they're good mics. I I can't tell you how many times I tell people, uh, you know, that buy amps, guitar amps and bass amps, Please, please get a good tube amp or get a good, you know, a great custom-built amp or get something that's great, you know, that's going to last you. And people end up getting something cheaper, you know, from Crate or from Line 6 or from, you know, something like that. And, and they're so disappointed when they, you know, finally realize that, you know, they want a tube amp and they can't sell their amp for hardly anything. And it's almost like, what did you expect, it's not a super quality piece of gear, so you know if you buy it to be uh, just a temporary or something, why are you expecting it to gain value? It doesn't gain value. It's it's like a car; the second it's yours, it starts to lose value. Now, I, I never got that whole concept that people have of oh, I just want to buy something at my level. For example, this happens so much in guitar playing. Or someone's like, oh, I'm just going to buy this Epiphone or this cheaper guitar because, you know, I'm not really that great of a guitar player. I don't need a super great guitar. Well, I can tell you from personal experience, if you if I had a really great guitar when I first started playing, I think I would be better to this day because I would have been more interested in it. And I couldn't blame the guitar, you know? I couldn't look back and say, man, well, I just had a crappy guitar to learn on because I would have been like, well, I had, you know, an American Strat or I had a PRS or I had... Uh, you know, a te- an American Telecaster or something. Then I, I couldn't have blamed the guitar for my ability. What people do is they will spend four hundred dollars on a guitar, let's say, and in two years they get two hundred dollars out of it. And with that two hundred dollars, they save up to buy a nine hundred dollar guitar. And then in another few years, they sell that. And uh, you know, a few years after that, they they uh, want to buy a. PRS. Well, they've wasted about, I don't even know, $500 in the process by just not buying the PRS up front, or at least buying something in between. Perhaps they could have bought something like a $1,400 or a $1,200 guitar rather than buying a $400, a $900, and then a $2,000. You know, that's $3,300 spent total. And with the money that they sold from the other two, um, that, that they get just a little portion back. Whereas if they had just purchased somewhere in between, like a $1,400 guitar or a $1,200 guitar, they could have kept that for much longer. It's so disheartening for people when they have to sell their things and they can't get anything out of it. So I'm telling you now, buy things that are good from the start and you won't waste a lot of money. Um, I have a stack of microphones, probably three or four, that I literally never touch. Why? Because they're mics I bought a long time ago from, like, Behringer and from MXL and stuff like that, like, cheap, cheaper companies. And I just find myself saying, I just never use these for anything other than just, like, you know a junk extra mic or, like, a talkback mic or, like, a scratch vocal or something. Like, I never really use them for anything. Like, I I certainly don't record with them on purpose. That's the thing. Like, I don't say, hey, yeah, I want to use an MXL. I just don't. They don't sound that good. I just hate it when people spend money on things that they're just going to sell later. That doesn't make any sense. Um, It's kind of like, why would you buy a car that had 200,000 miles on it for a thousand dollars, when in a year that car has the potential to break down, and you're not going to be able to get a dime out of it, um, it's just I just don't like that those odds. I think it would be much better if people just kind of sucked it up, saved their money. I know saving is not very appealing these days because interest rates are so low, and because you know when you get money, you want to spend it right then. But trust me, if you can just save your money and buy most of your stuff in a bigger pot, then you'll be so much more happy with it rather than just, okay, well, I've got 500 bucks. I need to buy some overhead mics. So you buy two $250 mics. Well, probably be a lot better if you just waited until you maybe had $1,000 and you bought two $500 mics. Um, Now, if it took you a year to get $500, I would say get a new job. If you are in a position where you know you just don't have that extra money to do re- recording, to, to invest in recording, don't freak out. Don't worry. I would say consider finding a local studio that has professional gear or semi-professional gear and record other people there or record yourself there. Why? Because that's why those places are there. You don't have to go and spend a ton, of ton of money on your own gear – Unless you're really going to take it seriously. I know that might seem disheartening because I know this is a a studio podcast. I'm trying to help people with their studios, things like that. But what I don't want to see is people spending money on things that they don't need to buy. Like you don't need to sit around and be like, oh, I got to spend 15 grand on this and this to get a great sound. When it's like, well, you're recording in a room that's like eight feet square, you know. It's never going to sound good. Why spend that much money on it? You need to think very carefully about what you buy before you buy it. Ask yourself the big question, which is, is this good or is it just good according to that guy online? Or is this good or is it good according to the guy on that forum who said he liked it? Or according to that, uh, you know, my friend from school or my friend from church or my friend from work or, or whatever who likes this? that those are very common statements but they often can lead you to waste money and don't just look at you know go to uh, you know d- not not trying to put down any of these places but don't go to musician's friend or sweetwater and see on their front page oh yeah we're having a sale on this and they're like oh man that mic looks great or they say it's great it's a fantastic mic and all this and then you buy it because of that because they're just trying to sell something i know they're great places i love both of them i order things from them all the time but they are just trying to sell you things. That is how they make money. That's their jo- that's their job. So what you need to do is buy things that are appropriate for you. And that's why I suggested buying things that are standbys, you know, the old classic mics that people have been using. And professionals, like actual professional people that do this for a living are using all the time. And that, and that's why they're so good at reselling. That's why they have such high resale value because you, they're in such demand because pros use them uh, amateurs use them all kinds of people use them for all kinds of different recordings and they still work and they've been around for a long time for a reason and they can sell on eBay still you know you can buy an sm 57 for a hundred bucks or probably 50 or 75 bucks used which is you know pretty good I bought my sm7 on eBay for 300 bucks and brand new they're 350 I mean that's Pretty significant resale value to to have that high. I mean, that's great. You only lost 50 bucks, but you probably got a lot of use out of it. Um, You know, and they last a long time. They're heavy duty mics. So, like I said, step one: get things that are versatile. I would say get two large diaphragm condenser mics. Invest a lot of money into them because those can get you far. Number two. Get things that are, if not appreciating in value, if you get vintage gear, it'll probably appreciate, like vintage guitar amps, vintage mic preamps, or vintage mics. But if not that, get things that have a high resale value, as in, get the standards, you know what I mean? Get mics that people want. Get the mics that are popular. Don't just get something because it's like, oh yeah, it's new, and people people everywhere love it, you know? It's Get stuff that people know. Um, then you can branch out. Once you have sounds that you like, then branch out and get things that are unique. And the third thing is regarding what order to buy these things. Sometimes people will ask off on forums or they'll email me and they'll say things like, well, you know, should I spend my money on this first or this first? What should I get first? And that's obviously completely subjective based on a few things. First... I would say if your room is untreated, if you're in a very bad sounding room, especially a small room, acoustic treatment should be your number one thing to buy. I don't care if you're using cheap mics, they will never sound good in a terrible room, ever. They just won't. Um, even great mics will sound bad in a terrible room, they they, they will, trust me. Um, I have used some great mics in crappy studios. Uh, you know, I've brought some of my mics to record people in like, you know, like remote recording in their spaces, and I've been appalled at how terrible some of these spaces are, and my microphones just sound half the quality that they usually do, um, and that's because of their rooms. Uh, if the room is treated, okay, you can move on and say, okay, we'll get some good mics. If that is taken care of, then maybe I would say move on to some good preamps. And uh, there's all kinds of great preamps out there. Don't settle for the ones that are just stock on your interface. But I would invest in something external, such as something from Universal Audio, A-Designs, API, Brent Averill, they, there's a bunch of great brands. I mean, just do the research on your own. I don't have time to you know, sit here and, and tell you about all the preamps that I've used, because that's not the point. It's about you. It's about you and what you have to use, because my experience is going to differ greatly. You know. I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh, yeah, you should buy this, when you really should try it on your own. Um, I'm not trying to sell you this stuff. I I love some of it, and I could tell you what I love to use, and if you email me, I could tell you all day what I love to use on, on various sources, but that's not my job here. My job is to help you guys. So be mindful of that. Once you get some good preamps, let's say, or let's say you're happy with your preamps, then I would say certainly invest in monitors. Great monitors can make a great difference in your sound. They really, really can. I remember the first time I mixed something on a really good set of atom monitors and I was sitting there just thinking, Wow, that was easy. You know, that was really easy. Mixing was fun, it was enjoyable. Like when I when I moved the faders and I moved all the buttons and the knobs on the plugins to like how I heard it right, I was just like, Wow, that that that's right, that sounds great. And then when the mix was done, I was so pleased with it. It sounded great in my car, it sounded great in headphones. And I just sat there and thought to myself, you know, how could I have been stupid? How come I never really invested a ton into my monitoring chain? And it's because monitoring is very important. It's everything that you hear, you know. It's just not really as glamorous as buying microphones or preamps. Now, if you're at the position when you haven't, where you haven't purchased an interface yet, or if you're, per, you know. You obviously got to purchase something good like that. You know, that, that's a good thing. I know sometimes my podcast is aimed at a little more of like the uh, the advanced people that have already like a setup at home. And I'm sorry if, you know, you're feeling perhaps overwhelmed at some parts. But please email me if you have any questions about this stuff. I love talking about this stuff. That's why I had a podcast because I thought, you know, I'd love to help people with this and just get to talk about gear and, and about recording and things like that. So please email me, recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. Email me with any questions you have about anything, basic, advanced. I'd love to help you out. Or just talk, just talk about stuff, Um, just sharing methods and and, and, uh, theories and things like that. So anyway, just make sure that you're careful to note what you do and do not need and what you do have and don't have. You know, do you have good mics already? Or, you know, are you sitting there saying, well, I've got SM57s and MD421s. You know, what next? Well, buy some Telefunkins, you know, get something great, invest in something good. But if you're sitting there saying, well, uh, I don't really have any mics or I have some cheap drum mics or some cheap this and that, um, what should I buy? Well, hopefully I've given you some ideas. So, that's all for today. I know it's kind of an odd topic. But please, if you have any questions about about spending money on things, about buying gear and, like, choices between two things or whatever, please email me. I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, Check out the blog, which is recordinglounge.blogspot.com. Be careful with your Christmas money. I will talk to you guys next time.